Get your Bibles out if you got them. We're going to actually be in Joshua chapter 1 today. You can get your lift notes right alongside them. And I want to start with a little story as we begin our time, as well as some insight into some deeper things that we believe are stirring, that God is stirring right now in our church as we begin the year, there is, and I know that you guys, if you've been journeying with us, you know it. There's a real, a tangible sense that God is with us. God's writing the story. His presence is here, moving in individual lives and, and corporately. Yesterday, we had our 2020 vision workshop, and it was incredible just to see the, the hope levels in the room, the faith levels, the way that we're posturing our hearts as a, as a people that have goals and dreams and hopes of kingdom breakthrough in our lives. And that because of who God is and how his spirit's moving, we can enter into being hope-filled people. It's not conjured, it's not contrived, it's God with us. And we want to live in that way. And we shared a couple themes last week that we believe are very important going into the new year, unity and devotion. We see that all over the book of Acts, and it leads to kingdom power. I don't want to take us a little bit deeper. Another aspect of that this morning of two very critical themes that have been stirring on my heart, stirring on Don's heart, that on our leadership team that we believe God is doing, and he's inviting us to partner with him in the new year. The first theme, and this is probably the one that's already very known right now, is we have a deep sense that God's moving around the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is desiring to break into our midst in greater measure, individually and corporately. And in fact, to such a degree that we can join with receiving the same word that Mary received from Gabriel where he said, you're going to get to know this. What's impossible with man is possible with God. And that that's the kind of people we want to be and become. We want to posture our hearts in that way where we look out at the impossibilities of our life and then trust that by the power of the Holy Spirit, aligning with those things that are greater breakthroughs of God's will, God's kingdom, we can trust that God wants to do what is impossible on our own strength. And it was even fun, honestly, to be able to look back yesterday at my own personal vision worksheet that, we, that I had done in 2017, and there was a, just a number of different goals and longings of the heart and desires for breakthrough. And I honestly shared with a group that was here yesterday of the nine things that I put down that are of like utmost personal in nature from my life, not all having to do with church, but just life with God. I could genuinely say that 8.5 of them feel like they were powerfully answered. Moving in a direction where I can look back and say, I genuinely don't feel like that's, that would have been possible on my own strength. And that that's just who God is. That's how he wants to operate. I'm not special in a special connection to God at all. I mean, this is what the, the book of, the, of Acts is all about. 
These are uneducated, ordinary, common men. Even when they're doing signs and wonders and, they're, and people arrest them and ask, how are you doing this? And they say, not by my power, not by my piety. It's the name of the Lord Jesus. And it's like, wow, I want to live that life. We want to live that life. That life's possible. Because if it is by a certain you know, special power in, in Peter or special piety in him, then we don't get to play. Then we can't see those incredible things that God has, did and say, wow, our life can change too. No, we just get to look and be like, oh, that's like a superhero movie. Nope, it's not. It's common, ordinary men and women following the ways of Jesus with the power of the Spirit. So that's a big thing stirring right now. And secondly, a foundational area where we believe God is stirring is in the power of his word. Specifically, around the daily consumption of his daily bread, encountering Jesus through his word. It's why we're doing the, the daily devotionals every morning. We believe God's wanting to do a new thing, taking each one of us deeper in that regular encounter with him through his word on a regular basis. So in addition to the daily devotionals, that's why we're gonna offer another workshop February 8th Saturday, 10 a.m., we're going to do a, worship, a workshop specifically on encountering God through his word. Not reading the Bible so that I can be a good, like, enlightenment, modern intellectual where I just have some facts, which, by the way, if you're not aware of it, it's the culture that we just breathe and we approach the Bible that way naturally. This is about encountering the living God the daily bread of your soul in the word. Believe God's stirring in that. So take those two themes. Supernatural breakthrough through the Holy Spirit and encountering God in his word. Keep those two themes in mind. And now let me tell you a little story. So on Monday of last week, the first day where we did the daily devotionals here, we, uh, you know, it was awesomely, you know, non-functional because we uh, had some technical difficulties and the whole Zoom thing didn't work. And so all you guys who tried to jump in online are all frustrated, like, Casey's an idiot. So great, let's start day one. It's all true. So, but for the, you know, <laughs> the, the group that was here, we had a great time. So sorry, you missed it. Um, <laughs> but afterwards, uh, Larry, bro our bro awesome brother Larry, just happens to say in passing, hey, you know, the, the Lord uh, has been blessing me in, in Joshua chapter one. I feel like he's been speaking to me about my life for this year. And, and you know, as we're kind of walking out the door and, and uh, locking up and everything, it's like, hey, cool, man. That's awesome. Very cool. You know, and we kind of go our separate ways. And uh, on the way home, driving home, I feel like the Holy Spirit just put a strong impression on my heart. Joshua chapter one, got something for you. Go read it. Like, okay, all right. So go home, open up Joshua chapter 1, and, and just a big smile comes on my face. I'm like, this is crazy. I don't honestly didn't even remember much about the passage other than it's Joshua's being told he's like Moses' successor and he's going to go into the promised land. But what I forgot or didn't even know is that the two themes that have been stirring so strong in my heart about the supernatural work of God and the importance of the power of his word come together in a beautiful convergence in that passage. And so I was just smiling. I'm like, dang, Lord, you know. <laughs> and it was almost like the Lord was saying, 
hey, what you didn't yet have enough clarity to communicate clearly to the church family, let me help you out a little bit. Here's your passage for Sunday. I was like, amen, thank you, Lord. So here we go, Joshua chapter one, verses one to nine. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I'm giving them to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and be very courageous, being careful to do all that the law of Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is a beautiful and powerful convergence of tensions a convergence of different aspects of how God's kingdom advances in our life. You've got the supernatural work of God that we cannot do, along with the practical action steps that we take. You've got God's part and our part. You've got big promises, ancient promises, and you've got steps of obedience. You've got power by the Spirit, and you've got power in the Word. Let's check it out just again. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, go arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. It's promises like these that give us the conviction that, that Christians, followers of Jesus, should be the most hope-filled people on the planet. It doesn't mean we don't ever struggle and get down and get frustrated, but when we lock in and, and recognize and soak in these kind of promises of who God is, wow, especially now that Jesus has come and the kingdom of God, as Jesus says, is at hand right here within reach, and the Spirit of God is with you, in you, upon you, and for you. And his desire, his will, is to advance his kingdom and truly show you what it means that the impossible is possible. And that's that kind of promise here. This, this is kind of, to me, like a, a new covenant, new kingdom of God, Jesus-style promise right there in, in the Old Testament. He tells Joshua to be encouraged. 
I mean, this prior generation before him failed. It was God's promise that the prior generation would enter the land. They failed. They disobeyed. They essentially said, no thanks, God. We want to go back to Egypt. They didn't see the promise fulfilled. God comes again and says, okay, I'm looking for... I'm looking for some people that want this. I'm looking for some people that want my promises. Put hope back in the wind of your sails. Don't give up. I haven't forgotten my promises. The breakthrough that you feel like you lost is coming. Man, this is like a perfect passage to, to start the year, isn't it? For a, per, for, a, for a people, for an individual, for a family, for a, a church family that has big hopes. And big dreams, big goals to see the kingdom of God advance in our lives and through us to bless and touch others. So I seriously just get encouraged that I believe the Holy Spirit brought us here today and said, hey, buddy, here's your passage for Sunday. Don't mess it up. No, just kidding. I honestly didn't even know what was in it. But it's like the two themes that have been stirring, like we got to share this with the church. I don't know exactly how. The Lord's like, I got you. So God tells Joshua, look out at the land. As far as your eye can see, wherever you want to see that kingdom advanced, as I promised you, it will be yours. That is the foundation of God's heart in the new covenant, in this new kingdom, what Jesus' gospel is all about. Luke 12, 32, Jesus says something just very similar. He says, don't be afraid. Don't worry, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you his whole kingdom. You don't just get to look out at the promised land in the physical territory. How about look at the promised land of all of heaven <laughs> and know that it makes God happy to give it to you. Come on. Wow. It makes God happy for him to say, come here. Look out at your life. Look at the, 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 the landscape of your life. As far as your eye can see, where you want to see the kingdom of God break through, where you want to see heaven's goodness transform the brokenness of earth, that is my will for you. That's what I delight to give you. <laughs> so good. One important truth that God also speaks to Joshua is this. No one shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. What does that mean? Joshua and the people of Israel just get to cruise on into the promised land like it's one big comfortable vacation? No. In fact, shortly they are going to face opposition, much opposition. In fact, they are going to feel at times like every step of the way there is a new opposition facing them from stepping into the promise that God made. What does that mean? That fierce battles come their way, even though God said, this is all yours. Well, the promise is not that there will be no battles. The promise is no one will stand before you all the days of your life. In other words, the opposition will, if you stick at it and don't give up, the opposition will fall and the promise will come to pass. That's what the old generation didn't 
take to heart. And this promise is a big fat yes in Jesus. That's what his kingdom's about. Then we move to the second half of the passage. Actually, let me make one additional little thing. Speaking of promises, this passage is a great reminder that when we seek the Lord for big promises, for supernatural work of the Spirit, this is not a consumeristic, me-centered, Jesus-is-my-self-help guru kind of mentality. We are stepping into at that song we sang, the, the, the last song we sang that's saying we're joining with the ages. We're joining with generations past and generations future. We are wanting to step into God's ancient promises of what he wants to fulfill his plan of salvation and redemption to all the world and we get to be wildly blessed as we're a part of that. That's what he said to them. These are the fulfilled promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, your forefathers. And you get to step into it. And so we posture our hearts saying, it's not like, oh, it's all about me. It, you get wildly blessed in an abundant life, but it's stepping into the ancient promises of God fulfilled. So then we move into the second half of the passage. If the first half is full of an abundance of God's promises and God's supernatural power at work, it's God's part, so to speak. The second half is really about our part. How do we respond? How do we live with these incredible promises? Let's check it out. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do all according, excuse me, do according to all the law of Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So let me clarify that I would equate the law of Moses or the book of the law to what we have now as God's word. God's revealed truth to his people on what he's all about and how to live with him and walk in covenant relationship with him. At that point in human history, the book of the law was God's word. But man, are we blessed. They had five books and now we've got 66. <laughs> but it's the same message. It's the same story. In the second half of the passage here, what we see God do, speaking to Joshua, is shift the focus from the supernatural work of God to our personal responsibility in relationship with God. In the midst of God's supernatural work, he also calls us to personal responsibility. 
in the midst of those awesome promises that we could never accomplish on our own strength. They are impossible. He also calls us to be in his word and to do it. And his word, God's word, communicates to us this this way of life, this covenant relationship with God. From the very beginning, it's been about relationships. God created Adam and Eve to be in relationship with him. That was the main thing God was concerned about when they they fell. Where are you? And they're saying, oh, I've been walking here in in the cool of the day, but I don't see you. It's like, The break of that fellowship was primary on God's heart. His word is there to show us the way of life with him. His word communicates to us this kingdom way of life and how we do this life with God to walk into promises being fulfilled. There are a thousand and one different gospel messages that we hear each day. And I'm not talking just Christian gospel or religious gospel. I'm talking every single advertisement you see is an attempt at saying this is the good life. This is what you need for the abundant life. It is an attempt at good news. Now, some of it's fine, some of it's okay, and some of it's wildly horrible in contrast to Jesus being Lord and Savior and being the source of abundant life. And so that's where God's word comes in. God essentially says, hey, in the midst of me supernaturally working to fulfill ancient promises, your job is to, say, is to stay and get deeply rooted in and feeding on the truth of God's word, the truth of who I am in my word. Don't turn to the right or the left, God says, that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law, God's word, is not meant to even depart from our mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you could be a care- careful to do the word. Jesus says the same thing. It's not about hearers of the word, it's about doers. Jesus says it's the one who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice that builds their life on the rock. That's a healthy challenge for us because as we begin the year expectant, hopeful, dreaming of big promises that, that God wants to fulfill personally in our families, in our city, in our church. God's challenge is simple. He's like, I'm doing my part. I'm gonna do it. Your part, stay in my word. Don't turn from the right or the left. In other words, let my word, the truth of my word, of my gospel, of my truth, let that be your daily focus. Let my word be your daily headline. Let my word be what's filling your thoughts. If God's word is is not our daily headline that frames our worldview of our hopes and our dreams and how we're going to respond to people and to opposition and to questions and to hungers and needs and desires and our identity and our mission, if God's word isn't right there, 
to be the answer, the framework, the perspective of truth, then we're going to move to the right or left. And what's the point? We're going to lose our way. Because if it's not God's truth, it's going to be the road to destruction, Jesus says. There's a narrow way. And his word informs us of his heart, his word, his truth. So if God's word is not our daily headline, it's just quite simple. We're not investing enough time in his word so that it becomes our daily headline. That's why God says, meditate on it day and night. That's not alone in your closet, you know, rejecting all human communication. It's saying, get those truths and you keep them with you. The word meditate literally means to chew on. So it is a contrast with a lot of other religions out there where meditate means empty yourself of all thoughts. No, (laughs) biblical meditation is fill your thoughts with my truth and just keep it with you throughout the day. You're chewing on it. So that when you get into challenging situations every day with family, and with friends, and at work, and on mission, and out in the city, and even in your own thoughts and insecurities, that you have a response to those situations that's right here waiting to happen, and it's God's truth that will lead to the abundant life. And any other way is second best that's going to take you off over here or off over here and not be walking into the fullness of God's promises. So what we see clearly is that in the midst of God's promises being fulfilled, he calls us to an obedience, an obedience to his way of life that is found only in and from his word. To the point where he says this, Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I read it quietly because it's so easy to miss. There's a shocking statement in there. Let me ask you this. As we follow God's word, who makes our way prosperous? God, of course. I follow God's word and God's going to say, so as you follow my word, I will make your way prosperous. Except that that's not what's in the Bible. As you follow my word and do all that's written it, then you will make your way prosperous. That almost sounds blasphemous coming out of my mouth. We should not say that. Yes, I am making my way prosperous. We should not say that, except that the Bible said it, It, except that God specifically said it. (laughs) Wow. I mean, it should, right? I'm uncomfortable right now. I'm very sweaty as soon as I said that. It's, we should not talk like that. We should talk like, yes, I'm following the Lord. And and wow, these abundant promises that God will make our way prosperous. God is making a point. 
He's saying there's a reason why the prior generation didn't make it into the promised land. They kind of sat back and just expected that one day they were going to wake up and boom, promised land is all ours. God says that's not how it's worked. It's not how it's ever going to work. I am looking for human partnership. This is about relationship. This is about you walking with me every step of the way. And yes, I will be with you, but you need to make the choice to walk with me. And as you do that, bam, the promised land step by step, while facing opposition that eventually falls, will be yours. That's a different way of life. He says, essentially, you will make your way prosperous. This is your choice. This is your part of the relationship. This is your stewardship. You have made your choice to steward your life well. You have put your time, effort, and energy into what is prosperous, into what actually matters. You have given me your yes. You have given me your devotion. You have given me your obedience. You are walking with me, and therefore my power is with you. You have made your way prosperous. Now please, when you leave the service today, don't say, Casey says, you made your way prosperous. I'm blaming this 100% on God. You can quote God today. God says in Joshua 1.8, you will make your way prosperous. Do not attach my name to that. Thank you. But then just so we don't go too far and get out of balance, this, these are tensions. Relationships have tension. Good tension, not necessarily bad tension, good tension, where you are, whoever you're in relationship with, it's not just this cut and dry formula, it's relationship. So there's natural, healthy give and take, ebb and flow. I do this, you do this, my part, your part. So just so we don't go too far, though, and start making t-shirts about Ask me how I make my way prosperous, you know. God finishes the passage with this. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. And he finishes on that. Just, I, I, I like, I'm glad he finished there. I'm glad he didn't finish in verse 8. I told you how uncomfortable I am. And to stop there, that's too much tension for me, Lord. I can't handle it. Thank you for verse 9, where God ultimately says, just remember, you're making your way prosperous, but it's not ultimately about you. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And it's like, ah, oh, thank you. I can breathe again. Yes, at the end of the day, it's about your power, not mine. And that's the beautiful tension of genuine relationship with God. That's how the kingdom breaks forth. It's supernatural work of God and it's practical action steps that you have got to take. It's God's part. It's our part. It's big promises. It's steps of of obedience. It's power in the spirit and it's power in the word. (sighs) Let me pray and we'll... Just take a minute to reflect. And then I actually want to have my wife close our time. As we were praying, 
if you felt strong, and I agree with it, and we've shared it with our leaders, that uh, there's just a good uh, prophetic word and encouragement for what God is stirring, and it nicely lines up with all of this. So let's have a quiet moment, and, uh, and then we'll close with her sharing that and praying. If you've never been with us, we'd just like to take a little quiet space from time to time. Our life can be so busy and so rushed. Even when the Lord's stirring, it's easy to just go about our day and then realize a few days later that we kind of didn't finish our work with the Lord. We didn't hear him and, and put it into practice. And so we just like to take a little time and pause in a, in a quiet moment and ask, Holy Spirit, would you right now be present with us in a way where you're just bringing in real clarity what are you wanting to say specifically to each of us today? And how can we respond to you? So we encourage you just to listen along those lines if you feel a strong thing and maybe even write it down or text it to yourself or whatever. But this is about that walk that we're talking about right now. Walking it out with him to see those promises fulfilled. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to be here speak to your people. Thank you, Jesus, that you said, my sheep hear my voice. So with an ease and a grace right now, not a pressure, we just ask, we're available. If there's things you want to clarify, speak to us right now. Dance like David